Okay, welcome back. This, this is, is 14 well, extraterrestrial extra craft recovered in the vicinity of the Los Alamos nuclear plant came down in Aztec, New Mexico with 14th dead extraterrestrial beings. This is Nuevo's investigation. Okay. <laughs> I love his accent. It's so strong. It's hard to hear. It's hard to understand, but he's very cute. Okay, in the third 1948 UFO incident in Aztec, New Mexico, 14 extraterrestrial bodies were found. The event begins as a patrol car arrives at the scene where a ship had just descended upon a plateau. They came across 20 people surrounding the craft. Soon the military swoops in to confiscate cameras and silence the witnesses, many of whom mysteriously became millionaires. Jaime Mausan investigates the crash site and interviews Scott and Susan Ramsey, who have studied this case for decades. Gaia presents. Gaia presents. Nuevo. Nuevo. With Jaime Mausan. With Jaime Mausan. Gaia presents. On March 25th, 1948, the third incident related to one of the so-called flying saucers in New Mexico occurred, as specified in the memo Daigoy Hotel sent to the director of the FBI, Edgar Hoover. Although the FBI wanted to dismiss this document as irrelevant, it is shown that it is really very precise. What is stated there is demonstrated by real facts with evidence and witnesses. Scott and Suzanne Ramsey spent decades of their lives investigating this case, gathering all the evidence to present in a book. It was evening on Wednesday, March 25th, 1948, when patrolman Manuel Sandoval followed a strange light in the desert, similar to what had been seen the previous three nights in the small town of Cuba, New Mexico. The mysterious light appeared to be an airship or saucer that was moving slowly over New Mexico. Officer Sandoval was determined to uncover the mystery. After several hours on a remote road in Hart Canyon near Aztec, New Mexico, he encountered an unexpected scene. Patrolman Sandoval was surprised that the object could have landed so softly on a clearing in the brush. It was dawn, and 20 men surrounded a strange circular metal ship that lay on a plateau near a gorge. According to their version of the story, they didn't reach the site as quickly as they wanted because a brush fire was close to where they worked and could have threatened the equipment that extracted natural gas from the ground. The workers in the oil and gas industry were fascinated with what they saw. They thought that it was a new type of airplane belonging to the United States Air Force. However, it was strangely shaped. It didn't have wings, nor the form of an airplane. They surmised it was some kind of strategic secret weapon. After all, the military had surprised the world by manufacturing the first atomic bomb and the use of nuclear energy in the area. The ship was metallic and silver in color, but not shiny. Inside, they observed at least four small dead bodies in the main cabin. The beings did not look human. It was then that they realized that the reports of flying saucers were real and that the stories of aliens from another world had 
aircraft crashed in San Antonio, New Mexico, and Roswell. Later, after the military arrived, everyone was questioned, interrogated, and even threatened. Their cameras and film were confiscated. In total, there were between 14 and 16 small dead bodies. The beings were barely one meter in height. They all looked burned and dehydrated, and they were wearing odd metallic clothes. Years later, one of the scientists involved thoroughly studied the findings and wrote a book. He presented his conclusions in a conference and revealed specific details of the crashes and beings. Those involved in releasing the information to the public were prosecuted and brought to trial. History would be forgotten for more than 40 years until another investigation was carried out. More details had been found, facts that would confirm the extraordinary case. Then another 20 years had passed, which would be more than 60 years total from the original sightings and discoveries before a new investigation revealed the names of all those involved. Direct testimonies were obtained, and finally the identities of the scientists who revealed one of the most extraordinary incidents in human history. A ship of extraterrestrial origin was recovered intact with its crew inside, a story that is finally coming to light. Aztec, New Mexico is located just over 100 miles. That's about 180 kilometers away from the discovery of the craft. It was also near the place the first atomic bomb was detonated and tested in 1945. Aztec is located very close to the Los Alamos nuclear power plant where the first atomic bombs were built. This area is called Aztec because it was named after Aztec archaeological mines that were discovered there. Aztec archaeological mines, what does that mean? Estas son las ruinas de Aztec en Nuevo México. Conocidas así debido a que los conquistadores las confundieron y pensaron que se trataba de ruinas aztecas. Sin embargo, en this is a story in which virtually all the witnesses have died. Curiously, all those who witnessed the ship and saw its occupants would literally become millionaires, respected men in their community who knew how to keep silent. However, one Doug Nolan decided to talk before he passed away. Here is a testimony recorded in 2003. At the time of his experience in 1948, Doug was just 19 years old. I looked. There was only four. There's just four. And that's what the book said. And they had a, a dorm at the bottom? Well, I don't know. Never paid any of his clear. He did be sitting in the dirt. This up here is where the door come down, though. They opened from right at the top, out, and just folded down. So how long were you going there before the military got there? Oh, about five hours. Five or six. 
And we were burning. That's why we went up there. What part was burning? The trees were burning. Aztecs residents believe that it was an aircraft making an emergency landing. Scott Ramsey's investigation suggests the possibility that it was the police who informed the army of the crash of the alien ship. Others think that it was the neighbors in the area that alerted authorities. Who actually called the military? Or did you call the sheriff? I didn't call the military. <laughs> I don't know who called <laughs> Oh, the cops called the... Because they come out. From Arlington or from Aztec. Before any of those others ever showed up. Who came out from Aztec? Sheriff. Did he look inside it? Sheriff's called the military. Oh, shit. arrived, confiscated the bodies, and took control of the site. Witnesses claim they were taken and locked up as prisoners, as Doug Nolan wow. recalls in his unpublished recording. There was about three of them all showed up together. The red jeep? No, they come in a staff car. I guess they came in from Grindelow. I don't know where they come in from. They come in on the road. Came down from, they came down from the north? I don't know. Which way? We, we just saw them coming up from a ranch. They just come right on in. They, they come up. You're all standing around. What do they do? Told us to get away from that thing. Said you're not allowed up here. A story that was all but forgotten, and thanks to the work of researchers like Scott and Suzanne Ramsey, have now come forward with details never before revealed. After 25 years of research, they have uncovered factual evidence of this fascinating discovery, all documented in detail of one of the greatest stories of all time. Only a small group of people witnessed this event, most of them inhabitants of the area, and some workers of the oil industry and firemen. Eventually, all of them would be millionaires, but nobody wanted to talk about this case. We can clearly see here where the UFO was coming from. Yes, it came from that area down there after it had been in Cuba that night, Cuba, New Mexico. It basically followed the terrain of Highway 44, which is valleys and canyons. It came up through Largo Valley or Largo Canyon, the Largo Basin. It came across what is now basically Highway 173 or State Route 173. Went over the Archuleta Ranch. Appeared to be in trouble at that point. To quote Valentine Archuleta, it fluttered like a leaf. It bounced off the canyon wall of the Mesa and went on a trajectory up northeast. If you take a straight line from here to Valentine Archuleta's ranch, that would bring you to right about here. And then, as the witnesses tell us, it ended up over there. 
This is the place. The epicenter's about right here. The witnesses I talked to said that it was at an angle and that all the silt was pushed up, kind of like you'd imagine if you took your hand and ran it through sand. And it wasn't covered at all, but right around the one rim, it was pretty packed underneath it. But, uh, yeah, this is, this is where it laid. Not much grows here anymore. How tall it was? 18 feet. And how wide? Of 314 feet, using pi to 99 or 100 feet. It was an oval object, it was a circular object. Lenticular, round, right. It had a dome on top and a smaller dome on the bottom. What was the color? Uh, a pewter colored, kind of a brushed aluminum pewter. No seams, no rivets, uh, no joints that, that were visible. What is your conclusion in that sense? Oh, my conclusion? Uh, that the event is real. It did happen, March 25th, 1948. The grass never grew again there. The same thing happened in San Antonio, New Mexico. It is possible that the energy of these objects can sterilize the ground where they come to rest. It is really exciting to arrive at the same place where we now know that a UFO came down, specifically an extraterrestrial craft with at least 14 occupants, possibly all of them dead for unknown reasons. Llegar al lugar donde hoy sabemos que descendió un objeto volador no identificado, concretamente una nave extraterrestre, con al menos 14 ocupantes, to know that this place, a secret operation and investigation was carried out by the United States Army, is captivating. We understand today that the vast majority of people who not only live here in Aztec, but around the world, have continued to ignore this event. The object was separated in three different sections. That's correct. Well, three separate sections of the actual disk. And the cabin section is reported came out as an, another individual piece. There were four of them. At least four pieces. The outer rim of the craft came in three pieces. And then took it from here. Mm -hmm. Straight up to the hill to where the concrete slab is. Reportedly then put and cradled on the flatbed trucks that we talked about the m24 and m25 dragon wagon was the nickname and then taken out through largo canyon down to Lybrook. and once they got to Lybrook, they had open road to wherever they were going to go you could have taken this road back then in through aztec uh it wasn't a good road and then you would have whatever you had on the big trucks you would have exposed to the population this way, there's to this day, if we go down that way, there is very little population. Just north or yeah, north west of Livebrook, there's a small community. But uh, you're not going to advertise. You have this on the back of your truck. How did you find this place? Years of research. Uh, I got to give Bill Steinman credit. He found it. 
he was relatively certain this was the location. Uh, some old timers had told us they kept using the word Largo Canyon. Well, we're kind of at the entrance to what you could call Largo Canyon. Uh, then talking as we got into it more and more with the witnesses, this was designated the place. This is consistently referred to as the landing site, the recovery site, whatever you want to call it. Is this a popular site now? Uh, many people come here. Yeah, it draws uh, it draws its own group of visitors. Uh, they have the alien bike run, which, as you can see, the bike tracks right through here. The area is owned by Bureau of Land Management, as you know from getting your permit. Um, it's it's pretty well protected. We have some rare cactus that grow here uh, throughout the whole mesa. You're not allowed on here with any motorized vehicles, no four-wheelers, motorcycles, dirt bikes, uh, mountain bikes only, or your feet, no horseback riding. They're trying to preserve all the beauty of all this Bureau of Land Management land. Uh, and, and I think there's a good percentage of people that want to keep this area kind of kind of clean and kind of sanitized. This was updated in 2007. The plaque was first put here in 2000. It was put here uh, kind of uh, near the, the, uh, the event date. It was put here to recognize when people come out to the crash site that they are at the right spot. And we tell a brief story on it about what happened to the best of our knowledge. In this particular case, unlike the cases of San Antonio and Roswell, the ship did not crash, but descended to land on a plateau in the desert. Another mysterious fact is that the 14 to 16 alien beings inside the ship were already deceased when found. Apparently, something caused them to die before or as they were descending to Earth. Is it possible that the microwave radars used by the U.S. Army inadvertently brought their craft to the ground and caused the death of the beings? Later, that type of powerful radar was discontinued because it caused serious injuries to their operators and was suspected to interfere with airplanes' instruments. Even today, we acknowledge that strong microwaves and radiation can affect human health in a harmful way. We know that the radars operating in 1945 used up to one megawatt of power, which made it a lethal weapon for flying ships and their occupants. Over the years, it has been demonstrated that radars and microwaves are dangerous and should be handled with care. The case of Aztec seems to be a clear indication that microwaves literally cooked the beings inside their ship. Scott Ramsey was able to locate information on the radars that were used back then, evidence that included documentation in the FBI memorandum we have revealed that supports the reality that microwaves were indeed responsible for bringing down the objects that fell from the sky in New Mexico between 1945 and 1950. Evidence demonstrates the likelihood that strong radars interfered with the navigation system of the extraterrestrial spacecraft. The first of these bases was known as El Vado and operated until 1950. Elvado Dam, or the entire El Vado Lake, was built prior to Los Alamos. 
uh, being completed. Los Alamos is right over the mountain range over there. They needed electricity at Los Alamos to do all the things they were doing, fusion, fission, uh, splitting atoms, refining the plutonium. So what they did was they, you can see how this is hand carved, this whole lake. This is a man-made lake, and there's a GE uh, hydroelectric generator just below that building that makes the power. And then the power was transmitted down these lines to Los Alamos. The second microwave radar base was known as Tierra Amaria, a military base that operated between 1950 and 1957. The development of new technology eventually made it obsolete, and the base was abandoned, not to be used since 1957. How many people were here? About 100. They worked three shifts. I think it grew to about 200 by the mid 50s and uh, through uh, through 1957 when they were announcing that they were closing it and going with the dew line radar system why did they install these radars these After the war these were here for one main purpose and that was to protect los alamos sandia national labs and kirkland air force base if you look at where they are on a map, which we'll do later, Elvado was north, as far north. Moriarty was east, and Continental Divide was west. They were afraid of what? Well, we were at the beginning. We're well, actually well into the Cold War. So we were protecting these bases against espionage, spy planes, or bomber raids by the Soviets. We came looking for radar bases that had been talked about and people made reference to them and we found this place back on January 8th of 1999. By accident, we're out for a week or 10 days looking for the quote-unquote secret radar bases and we found this one quite by accident. We had checked all these high points around this area how powerful was this radar? Well, it was powerful enough that even though this was restricted airspace for private aircraft or commercial for that matter, um, there were manuals written on how to quickly shut the radar down if a uh, private aircraft wandered into this airspace. But this is an amazing discovery. Uh, you proved what nobody else could. Uh, and we're very thankful because this is just the second time that a camera has, been has ever been here. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All the evidence suggests that the possibility is that, as pointed out in Goy Hotel memo, three chiefs crash and not just one in the vicinity of the Los Alamos nuclear power plant. In fact, there were four, but one of them disintegrated in Roswell. However, three were recovered, two of them practically intact, or at least in one piece, as witnesses pointed out. On the next edition of Nuevo, the investigation of Aztec, the radar bases, and the strange invasion of flying objects in Farmington, New Mexico. I am Jaime Maussan, and I will see you in the next edition of Nuevo.
Gaia presented. Susan Ramsey have been investigating the Aztec case for dozens of years and were even able to find some of the secret radar bases that operated there. The nuevo cameras were only the second ones to have visited this site. How many people were here? About a hundred. They worked three shifts. I think it grew to about 200 by the mid-50s and uh, through, uh, through 1957 when they were announcing that they were closing it and going with the two-line radar system. Why did they install these radars? Oops. What happened? we'll do later. Elvada was north, as far north. Moriarty was east, and Continental Divide was west. They were afraid of what? Well, we were at the beginning, we're well, actually well into the Cold War, so we were protecting these bases against espionage, spy planes, or bomber raids by the Soviets. Uh, these uh, radars were experimental, uh, very powerful, by the way. Yes, these were brand new. They weren't the um, they weren't the uh, military surplus that some people claim. I've done extensive extensive research on this. They had uh, brand new height finder, range finder, locator, and then they had at where we're standing before. That was the experimental lash up that was up here for the Navy. Very powerful? Very, very powerful, yeah. That was to be used and experimented for the Navy where they could look over the horizon uh, for metallic, anything metallic, a ship, whatever. 
was UFO the purpose of these Raiders too? No, no, I think that was a secondary. Uh, this right here where we are now, I can show you on maps, was all restricted airspace because Los Alamos is just straight down there. Um, they did in their quarterly journals report UFOs that they had picked up on the radar, which I found interesting. But those reports did not go to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Those reports went right up here to Colorado to the Ent Air Force Base near Colorado Springs. Or actually, it's at the other end of Colorado Springs. They had a group up there, AISS, Air Intelligence Service Squadron. And they went under the, the, the uh, call letters of the 4602 small d was their, their group number. That was a uh, very secretive uh, investigative group for the United States Air Force. They're still in existence today, but they don't go under 4602. Uh, they were discovered by uh, researcher uh, Donald Kehoe retired from the United States Marine Corps at one point where he mentioned their existence. So then they changed their their uh, designation to the 1006th, 1006. And I have no idea what it is today. They Not much published about them. But that's where the UFO reports from this base would go directly up to AISS. You said the main purpose was not to, to track UFOs from here. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, could these radars have affected the UFOs? Could this be the reason of the crashes we had in New Mexico from 1945 to 1948 and probably later? I've never been able to prove that. Um, the original radar base was down at Alvado Lake. This one was under probably well under construction in 1948 when Aztec happened. Because I noticed when they moved up here, they were already calling for repairs. And this probably took a couple years to build. You're only seeing just a fraction of how large this base is. Um, I, I've never been able to tie because the original one that we know is in operation from 46 on, uh, they, I don't think they had a powerful enough radar to knock it out. But we can't tell. We can't prove it. You know, we came looking it's for... Possible. I guess anything's possible. These radar bases were such a secret that there are very few historical references about their operation. Thanks to years of searching, Scott and Suzanne Ramsey found evidence that they were real. Finally, you proved that these uh, secret radar bases existed because... Yeah. Many people have mentioned them, but nobody has had found in them. Yeah, that's true. And we, we photographed and mapped this place the best we could that day. It was very, very snowy up here. Um, went down to Maxwell Air Force Base. They had trouble locating it because there, was a, there had been a transition. The original bases were built and run by the Atomic Energy Commission, then taken over by the Air Force. And the three bases, I don't think, were intentionally packed away in some archive, but because there had been a transition between Atomic Energy Commission and the Air Force, uh, 
they had been misplaced. But once we showed the Air Force, here's the pictures, here's the map, here's a rough sketch of where all the buildings are. We have the powerhouse, the radar building, the, the steam room, uh, the machine shop, the barracks, and all the buildings that go down forever and ever. Uh, they were very helpful in locating it and saying, oh, here it is. Without any doubt. Without any doubt, yeah. Well, they gave us the historical records and maps and the whole bit. Sure. How powerful was this radar? Well, it was powerful enough that even though this was restricted airspace for private aircraft or commercial for that matter, um, there were manuals written on how to quickly shut the radar down if a uh, private aircraft wandered into this airspace. Uh, the, what would happen to that airplane? Uh, you'd probably knock out the electrical system and possibly harm the people in the plane. And that's exactly what happened to these UFOs, at least. involved that 
were trying to purchase the pictures, the person involved in selling the pictures, and the fact that the Air Force and the FBI, in their words, say, at the end, the person selling and buying both claimed that it was a hoax, but we don't believe them. They, the FBI and Air Force, believe that there were pictures. In the declassified document of the United States Air Force from September 30th, 1950, it is established that an individual identified as Klein from the Baltimore Sun newspaper wanted to pay $1,500 for photographs of the Aztec alien ship from Agent McGuffin. McGuffin assured him that he had a roll of film with photographs that he had taken of the ship and that he had hidden them from the Army. He assured McGuffin that he had been at the site where the ship had gone down. On October 2nd, 1950, Klein was questioned at the Army offices in Denver, where he denied having any knowledge of the Aztec UFO. Army personnel felt that the man had specific knowledge about the Aztec incident, but wouldn't admit it. According to a personality analysis, Klein did not give the impression of being mentally unstable or was one to attract attention although he did admit that he had drank alcohol at the time he offered to buy the photographs. Klein claimed to be a reporter for the Baltimore Sun. The report is signed by Wallace B. Scholes, district commander. In a way, they are recognizing that this really happened. And that's why oh, yeah. They're not denying that the Aztec UFO incident happened at all. As a matter of fact, they're reacting, saying, my God, if there's pictures of it floating around, we need to get the pictures back. We know from several good witnesses that black and white photos were taken of the crash. Frank Scully tells it in his book, and Frank Scully's wife confirms that she held pictures of the UFO crash uh, landing, whatever we want to call it, that happened out in Hard Canyon Road. She held them in her hand. Another researcher who's now deceased backs that story up. In another recently declassified document from October 16, 1950, the Army closed the investigation of the Aztec UFO photographs, finding no evidence. However, the photographs, according to the testimony of a few people, claimed they did exist. The Aztec case came under public scrutiny thanks to Frank Scully, an investigative journalist who published the book Behind the Flying Saucer in September 1950 overnight success that sold more than 50,000 copies in a few weeks. The public was fascinated with the story. However, a smear campaign would be carried out after finding two of the key players in the story admitted they lied. Silas Newton and Leo G. Bauer were legally charged with committing fraud. Fraud that was never proven. Unfortunately, it was too late, and the public lost interest in the alien claims, just as it happened before in the case of the Roswell crashes. Today, we know that both cases are authentic. Frank Fayer, a journalism scholar at New Mexico State University, confirms this. Frank Scully was a journalist. He was a, an entertainment journalist, and he wrote in a very breezy, entertaining style. But underneath, I began to see that everything in his that seemed so bizarre was had a factual base. And the more I learned about him, the more I felt that we had something, uh, he had almost like a, a puzzle in his book. And you began to, and I, I can turn to any page in his book and find something that looked
strange when we first looked at it. it turned out he was telling the absolute truth. He had talked to these scientists. Silas Newton had introduced him to scientists who had probably pieces of the craft. I don't know. And the Scully, and he was dying of age, Scully said that this was true. He had never backed down from it. And now Scott Randall him to be a prophet. Theoretically, you know, in 1950, this book sold 50,000 copies. That should have ended the secrecy about flying saucers, but it was just beginning. Uh, somebody, we don't know who, some government agency began to do a hatchet job on Frank Scully and his sources until he was branded a hoaxer or a dupe. Either he had hoaxed the story or he had been conned by Silas Newton and his champion devourer. And they said there were no such thing as these nine scientists. And now you read chapter four of Scott Ramsey's book and you can see all the scientists. They all worked under Vannevar Bush in the War Department. They all were working on magnetic anom anomalies and they all knew Silas and, or most of them did, and they talked to Frank Scully and they believed the story should come out. They believed the people should get the story. And then they realized that the secrecy oaths they had taken were very serious and the penalties uh, very severe for revealing it. So as Scully said, in 1949, they would tell their stories for free. By 1950, they wouldn't tell their stories for $20 million. Scully was telling the truth. We believe that Scully was telling the truth, a truth that is again resurfacing more than 60 years later. The United States government had undertaken a campaign to discourage the authenticity of Scully's story. They wanted the case to be literally forgotten. We want to confirm that this incident really happened, that that 100-foot disc landed on Hart Canyon Mesa, and that the military opened it up and took away these bodies. We can prove this happened. We have the witnesses. In a courtroom case, if you have two witnesses who do not know each other and they tell the same story, the jury is going to have to say they are telling the truth. I will say, certainly Scott Ramsey wants to tell the truth. I've never seen him want to change anything or make it better or fill in something with a, a fictional addition. Everything in the book is documented fact as best he can do it. Frank Scully was told this story by scientists that allegedly worked on the craft after it was recovered out here in Hart Canyon Road. <laughs> Throughout his book, Behind the Flying Saucers, that came out September 1950, he completely goes through the whole scenario with the scientists, what they saw, what they experienced, and he leaves you little hints throughout the book, book on who these scientists were. I've read that book 20 times, and each time I would reread it, I have a copy that I've marked all up with a Sharpie highlighter. I go back and he'd be talking about a scientist and I'd highlight certain things he said about it. And Suzanne and I spent hundreds of hours 
looking at the eight to nine scientists that Scully claimed made up the composite of Dr. G. We've compared him to all the scientists that worked on Manhattan Project or OSRD during World War II, where these guys allegedly came from, peeling back layers and layers of the onion, comparing resumes, schooling, what colleges, what universities, what degrees they had, how many PhDs were within the group. And it took us years until we came up with what we figured is a, perfect, a near perfect list of the scientists that we felt talked to Frank Scully back in 1949 for his book in 1950. Uh, Dr. G, in our opinion, the main Dr. G was Dr. Jonathan Torrance Tate, uh, who was a fantastic physicist. University of Berlin in Germany prior to the war breaking out. Uh, finished his uh, college at uh, Nebraska. Went on to get his doctorate. Uh, we go into great detail about him in our book. And then the peripheral scientists that he actually would have worked with during World War II and after. Uh, he headed up Division 6 of the OSRD. OSRD is a name that's very familiar to uh, people that study uh, UFOs and flying saucers, Dr. Vannevar Bush. That was the boss. All of a sudden, pieces of the puzzle started to fit. Then we started looking at schedules, travel schedules. Where were these people in 49? Where were they in 48? Uh, where were they traveling? Frank Scully goes into detail where he met some of them in his travels. Uh, if he doesn't go into those details in his book, he goes into those details in his private letters and memoirs, uh, which we've spent hundreds of hours pouring through. Uh, it's just an amazing puzzle that Scully left. He left a paper trail when it comes to Dr. G that we were able to put together. I know that Frank Scully, and I now believe what he said, he said that there were eight, eight scientists in one place, he said. They all knew Silas Newton. They knew him because Silas Newton wanted to find oil, and he wanted to use magnetic anomaly detection devices to find oil, which he did. And these people had created these devices for finding submarines during World War II, and they did. They sank submarines because they were able to find them with something beyond uh, sonar and beyond radar. And so I think that he knew, and it was his opinion, that the public should find out about it. The war was over. We didn't need secrecy anymore. And these scientists met with Frank Scully. Yet he was smart enough never to reveal their names. He called them collectively Dr. G. And the main Dr. G is Scott is found out through, oh, laborious research. He's found out that Dr. G, the main Dr. G was probably uh, Dr. Tate, who died in 1950. And John Torrance Tate, the place was packed. And he said, there is such a thing as a flying saucer. And he went on for 50, 50 some odd minutes. And then they rushed him out of the auditorium and the Air Force was hot on his heels. They were trying to find him. They didn't know where he was. And the radio man, John Keeler, uh, Kohler, hit him and got him out of, and it was a long time before they figured it out. But Scully finally 
he said Jim Silasman gave a lecture. But from then on, Silasman was a marked man. And by 1952, they were starting to build a case against him, trying to find something to hurt, prosecute him on. Not because they wanted to prosecute him, but because they wanted to destroy the Aztec story. And it worked. It worked for another 50 years. After giving the conference at the University of Colorado in Denver, both Silas Newton, Yugi Bauer, and Francis Cooley were persecuted and discredited. The case was considered a fraud. It took more than 60 years for new investigators to take up the case and discover the truth behind what is hidden in Aztec. It is without a doubt an authentic case which has now been reconfirmed by Hoy Hotel's memorandum. In that area near Aztec in Farmington, there were waves of UFO sightings shortly after the Aztec case, showing that something very strange was happening there in such a way that this story is still very much alive. In March of 1950, according to the Farmington Daily Times, an extraordinary event occurred when dozens of unidentified flying objects flew in formation over Farmington, a neighboring town of Aztec. An amazing event that made the front page of the Farmington Daily Times. Fue precisamente aquí en Farmington, Nuevo México, donde el 15, 16 y 17 de marzo aparecieron cientos de objetos. De acuerdo a los reportes del Farmington Daily News, miles de personas vieron a las naves que se transportaron a lo largo de este pueblo, de esta población. Y quizá fue por el accidente que habría ocurrido aquí, tan solo a unos kilómetros de Aztec, donde este objeto fue capturado el 25 de marzo de 1948. Se trató entonces de una advertencia, de un mensaje. El caso es que durante cinco años, desde 1945 y hasta 50, aquí en Nuevo México, muy cerca de la planta nuclear de Los Álamos, se reportaron estos avistamientos. Quizá finalmente trataban de decirnos algo. What happened here in the morning of March 17? 1950, Scott. Well, from the northwest direction, hundreds of UFOs came over Farmington, flying right over downtown here, and going in that direction, and then banking off to the left, heading toward the east. This sighting lasted for about 41 minutes. Uh, the story came to the Daily Times, and uh, it made the headlines the next day in the paper. According to them, there were hundreds of witnesses. Yeah, there were hundreds. As a matter of fact, uh, teachers would uh, bring the children out from the school and onto the playground to to witness this spectacular flyover. Uh, what did people say then? They were all silvery discs, except for one lead flying saucer that seemed to lead the pack. It was bright red, as though it was glowing bright red from heat. And why do you think this happened? I don't know. Uh, there's been some that speculate that maybe this was close to two years to the date of the Aztec uh, incident, and maybe they were coming over and show their comrades support, or maybe it was just another sighting altogether. But it's one that uh, even for UFO researchers that uh, don't look at Aztec uh, with a lot of light still find this one fascinating and very well documented.
Shortly before finishing this investigation, our crew witnessed a strange sighting. Shortly before 6 o'clock in the afternoon, they observed a very bright object in the sky over Farmington, near Aztec, New Mexico. The UFO was extremely bright. Unfortunately, they didn't have a camera with them and were concerned it wouldn't be documented. However, upon returning to New Mexico, they were able to obtain this video from a witness who recorded the object in Aztec at exactly the same time and day of the crew's sighting, confirming the presence of a bright triangular object in the sky. What do you think? events presented in this investigation are subject to debate and several researchers do not consider them real. However, as it's been demonstrated throughout this investigation, the evidence, the witnesses, and the investigation of those who have been directly involved, such as Paola Harris in the case of San Antonio, New Mexico, Donald Schmidt and Tom Carey in the case of Roswell, and Scott and Susan Ramsey, in the case of Aztec, show that these events are real and that they happen exactly as they are referred to in Goy Hotel Memo to Edgar Hoover. Even though the FBI continues to deny it, today we know that everything was true and that the events happened. I am Jaime Maussan, and I'll see you on the next edition of Memo. After 44 years, the United States Space Agency, NASA, will return to look for life on Mars. In 1976, a team of scientists led by NASA engineer Silver Levy claimed to have found life on the Red Planet. However, the directors of the Viking mission did not reach a consensus on whether his results were proof of life. Since then, there have been no further search for life on Mars, though there have been exploration for waters and continued investigation of the geological composition of the Red Planet. There is no clear reason why the search for life on Mars has been avoided. The most important mission for Robert 2020 will be precisely this, to look for life on Mars. This is Nuevo.
mobile map would be able to travel over a considerable distance and could launch the map from almost any point in its journey. The orbiter that will transport the samples back to Earth will be launched in 2024, and it is thought that before the end of the next decade, it will be possible to confirm or reject the possibility that microscopic life on Mars now exists. Like um, commercials, but I but, do but like I do into... like uh, you know income from my art, which is also you know art don't pays is the problem, the big problem, right? Most of the time, but it does actually. Like Ben Mitchell's been paying his bills. So as an, uh, you're an artist, a musician, yeah, and your child support. Child support, um, what do you mean? Uh, supported by his art. I mean, I think that's that's beautiful, man. Yeah. But the oh, dedication yeah. in that has yeah, always like struck me, like devoted, my devoted bandmate. To, it's weird, came to agreement. Like, we yeah. did a biopic about you, be uh, my devoted bandmate. That's why I just stop. You know, like when we say we, <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll work. You know, somebody. I'm even her with picking up my after me. I just do it myself, man. I'm focused. I know you. You know, you want to. You, you're guitar, man. You like keep doing that shit. It's gonna be like. Yeah, rock. This is the perfect. This is the perfect state. We're gonna turn yeah. this into a stage. I like what y'all did the other night where he played and you spoke. That was that was really good. If you can record those like that, like he's playing the yeah, blues what, in the background uh, yeah. live. Yeah, those, I are, think that might uh, draw. those are published. Yeah, and oh. they, you're right. They're totally right, man. Yep. It's having way more response. Like it already had. Live. Him live playing and people start to listen to his music that sounds uh -huh. tranquil and all that. Draws them in. And then you talk like you and were like. Entertainment. Yeah, well, you were, you were, you were saying some, Open you know. Mic. Yeah, crazy shit, but, but you know, like, you know, if you start talking more crazy political, like, well, you know, I'm Trista, and this is what I plan to do for the, you start talking about your political cray, endeavors, cray. what you want to change, and keep the curse words out of it, keep everything, but keep his guitar playing, but you just say what you need to say about what's, winning the race. What, you know, what's wrong with the judicious curse, cursification uh, once in a while? Just for, you know, just as a comedian. I will we have an official find, brownie day? I know. Yeah. <laughs> if I make the brownies, will you, will you let up? Will you let up about that, I a, man? I have a question since, <laughs> since I don't want to disturb or break any of the rules. Do you, think I'm, which you, do you think, well, YouTube, yeah, I mean, are, are they confined to a certain uh, tuning frequency? No. Oh, no. You can go, ah, da, da, ah. Hey, you can do whatever you, you want. Whatever frequency you, you, you want. You can make any frequency you want. This will is, this is go off, man. And, and um, okay, we started a YouTube channel, and it's called 432 Frequency. Yeah, sure, why not? You can start, you can put any name you want on it. Just make a YouTube channel and then put his guitar playing in the background. Cause I'll be honest, it was tranquil. I was listening to it. I was like, yeah, I want to say you do, you a paralyzing effect. It's the frequency. Do you remember what I asked you? It Did makes you, you freaking your... instantly introspective. No, what it is, the frequency, <laughs> gonna, the frequency is going to be introspective because this is not a digital format. Let me. I'm trying to tell you this the other night. It helps you space out. He doesn't out. play. Yeah. He doesn't put his stuff on the internet. Space like out is good when we do like a um, hip hop rave. Yo, someone uh, could steal your steal 
until you're like if you have like let's say chords or or some yeah, sort of strum that you need to do, you know, they can they can actually pull that sample. Great. And you maybe you want that, you know, but you should trademark your sound. You can do that on the on trademark the internet. Trademark my sound. Trademark the sound of whatever he's creating, the the uh -huh. the uh, the frequency that he's creating. You see what I'm saying? He's worried about frequency. I can trademark a fucking frequency. Yes, you can trademark a sound. Uh, wow, the, his man. sound. We should work out a mandolin. Like that song, whatever, whatever the whatever the fuck thing was to it. Yeah, but you want to trademark. Amanda, the, I was thinking, what if even I the sing words. it? And you uh, and we rip off. Uh, <laughs> do you really? I would take. Is really going out with him? No, no. You it's, can't because then they're going to want a royalty. <laughs> we'll give them yeah. a royalty. See, there you go. I mean, uh, those you, you know, have. give a royalty. Uh, all, that you know. One. That's it. Fair. Must have others, but I can't think of Welcome to, yeah, please, that's, that's yeah, it's a, it's a cool song. I like that song. But we keep doing what you're Pretty doing. But, so y'all should be playing every night like you're doing, and uh, then like you just keep talking on here. With gorillas walking down Eventually, people are going, "Hey, who's the guy playing guitar?" If he's not in the no, video or something, you'd be like, "Yeah, that's real music," you know, and they don't know it or something. Then, then somebody else would be like, "Oh, well, I want to hear. Let me, you know, your your audience should start asking you to interact with them, and then you start interacting with them. They're gonna see well, things around you. Well, you can be the moderate uh -huh. if, if it ever be, comes to you be, know behind the, behind the screen. If you want, you know, no, you, you, know, you, you, make, you make the cuts. You make the you cuts. I'm not a director. I don't want to be oh, in. I don't want even else. my voice is in here right Maybe now. I'll do it. Yes, I want to be you become do a it. sound engineer. I'm giving you the. I'm giving you the. Uh, what did yeah, I say? Yeah, this, this is my. This is gonna. This is my. I'm consulting uh, you in, in the process yeah. of what you need to okay, do to well, take the next I, step. I wanted, I, on my aptitude test in high school, it's uh, the only thing that sounded interesting to me was it said I, I would be a good sound engineer, and. Uh, you need a brand new computer, so let me and get time to go shopping and it's get your computer. It's just like fucking, yeah. We're, I'm going. Thanks, I'm going. man. I gotta work, man. Oh, it's, Look. uh, <laughs> taking out the, that, what was over there? Where? What, what is what? that? Oh, Look. that's, those are yeah, packages. Yeah, these are packages. Oh, right. And, and, a box of, and a box of, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh the, uh, the coffee pods. Oh, shit. Right on. Well, great job, man. Yeah, man. And, uh, say, how, did you bring, did you bring the, uh, the... The pant, the trousers that I. Uh, I didn't bring nothing but my body over here to the do trousers these. Trousers that I gave you to give you. I lady. sure didn't. I already forgot them. Where are they? I don't know. In They're the in the office? office, but I got to worry about this. I'll get them to her. I will. I promise. But I should go because I'm already late. Okay, I, go ahead. The weed, the weed was excellent. Got me uh, another. Superb, great. So, all right, yeah, see. I'm feeling groovy. I'll take the I'll be back for it. I'll take the Taking my time. My mom, uh, I'm gonna turn. I'm gonna make a. Um, this, I'm gonna turn this into a. Uh, this there wasn't one by me. Okay, well, that would be creepy. This uh, comes from some somebody else. Some other. It's a bathing bathing um, suit, but it, wouldn't it make like a cute little uh, man uh, scarf? Man scarf. Maybe for Doctor Baker. For the yeah, uh, and you can small for yeah. Chihuahua. <laughs> well, my mom became. Yeah, maybe it's a little pervy. It's a little pervy, huh? Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, you know, in Japan, they have these machines where you can buy women's underwear. Huh. Isn't that fucking weird? Well, the bullion is is wonderful. <laughs> my mom, my
and uh, she loved it and I gave her another one and she's happy and she's sated and uh, I want to make um, actually I want to use one of those cubes for the rice next time I make rice but uh, I think I should make uh, spaghetti hmm. what do you think and can you make a sauce can you make something some kind of sauce whatever you want to put on there on, on the spaghetti I'm sure it'll be Extraordinarily delicious. Extraordinary. What do you think about like um? Okay, I'll make the spaghetti and you make the sauce. Turkey. Turkey. And um, I was gonna say mashed potatoes, but I don't have like fresh potatoes. Hmm. Um, you don't have fresh potatoes? No, I don't. Oh. Um. Actually, Ben Mati uh, here. Here's um. This would help enormously with the uh, toward the garden, but um, you know, with I want to make uh, we need to make like these raised things that will be growing potatoes basically, and it has a pretty flower and stuff anyway. But but like uh, more of those, and we can probably make them out of the pallets. Did so. you did you uh, oh, plant and, the living and lettuce? And, oh no, not yet. You want to help help me plant it? All right. Yeah. See if you can, because I haven't had good luck with it, so I'm afraid to take that on. So I'd rather take the back seat on that one. Bye, Yeah. The, well, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry about the uh, brownie man. <laughs> I don't know through how many wars or where it's been. I know it's been here. <laughs> But this thing, it needs to be clean really bad. Might have been really the last bad. time I made chili. This is very special. Look what it says here. No battery to replace. Uh-huh. And it's lithium. That's it must be one of the early lithium. What? Mm -hmm. It's very accurate. i got to wow. clean it off nice and clean. Nice. And it must be solar powered or something. Uh -huh. Because it's oh, right cool. on as far as the weight and everything. It's, it's uh -huh. gorgeous. So if you got a sponge, I can... Clean it. Uh. Look, you got a sponge. <laughs> you can clean it. Uh. Yes, uh, <laughs> we must come with our own supplies. Yeah. Oh, I should have given them these shoes too. These these shoes are too small for me, mm -hmm. and they're really nice boots. Oh yeah, they are. I thought, I thought maybe Adrian would like them. Yo, Adrian. Yo, she. We should all start our own shows. You have Ben Mady show, and then I'll have the Christopher Governator show, and um. <laughs> <laughs> and she has. A, uh, well, I have one for. I help him do his uh, uh, money maker show, and then eventually we're gonna get it set up. So this is the I'm this is also my food forest and research exper social research and, and research experiment garden research. Okay, it's not social anymore. I'm tired of fucking social anyway. I'm totally glad that COVID came when I was 50. When I you know I've had my hay a day. Had my heyday, you know, my watershed years, and yeah, I I can quite happily <laughs> exist. My mother says that you the know, hair I in bliss, you know, like this is uh, my bliss out. That was great. <laughs> I'm glad I got to experience 
so much and travel the world and before pre-COVID. Uh, before Trump virus. Let's call for what it is. It's called Trump virus. My mother says that the hair I have on my face should be on my head. <laughs> That's an interesting concept. I disagree. Hey, man. Huh. Well, that's... Huh. Hey, gives me an idea, but it would involve having, like, a... A... Hat of some sort. I'm thinking, like, I think you would look pretty cool with the fedora. Me? Yeah, yeah. Where's the... Don't have a fedora handy. A fedora? Yeah. Oh. I've got one on my head. Yeah, oh, it's got it's all sweaty though. I think maybe uh, um a, maybe uh, a fez. Yes, a fez. The fez is showing up. I think I, I like to wear a fez. <laughs> the fez. If you got a fez, there's got to be a fez around here. Come on, there is. I've seen a fez. Make one. How, what I've what, seen what a are fez, they made of? What are they made of? Felt? Yeah, they're made like felt and with uh, some kind of lining. But I've seen one here. Who hey man, be? why don't you figure out a make make your kidding. own? I'm thinking like maybe if I uh, provide find the right felt or whatever, make like a purple fedora with a black band. I think that would look pretty fucking rad. <laughs> I never want to do like, it without my fez on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah, I think that would be pretty rad. And yeah, it would help your image a lot i think people you get a lot more you get a lot more donations on streets yeah if you've made your own purple fez with the black and white band like you know fucking pimped out feather like peacock feather i've seen them too i've seen some peacock feather i think i saw a discarded uh one from uh the shriners one of the parades you know no, I never want to do it without your fez on. <laughs> so I need more fez in my life. <laughs> we need to hit the 99 cent store. <laughs> the, uh, they, we just did. We I'm, just did. But I'm gonna yeah, get you're some, right. Uh, I'm glad you have that sentiment. Potatoes, they have a lot of potatoes there. You know, so they have the women's uh, women's uh, makeup brushes for a dollar. A variety of sizes that um, could be used for uh, watercolor. Oh, yeah. We were um, setting this place up to be where you can have, you can, this be like your studio and and my studio and and um you know there's a bunch of sh a shit ton of leather so wouldn't leather be awesome for making hats actually? yeah it would. The yeah the and, and it doesn't use much leather actually no, just so that would be a judicious use of my resources inch. With the maximum profit. Three quarters of an inch. At least it's it's a young young billionaire. Oh no. That's what I am. Please understand. Mentor, like 
I think we should submit a proposal to him. I should, for like a tweet or make a TikTok video then. That would be the fastest and probably most effective way and then like promote the shit out of that once I get back on Facebook. So what happened with that? Were you able to uh, recover? It seemed like I was successfully able to recover and just pick up a nata. And now I have to figure out, because I think it was partially my fault to fail in the middle. Like, oh, because of the guy that the Because I, I mixed the, up, I think I mixed up the... Third party? Uh, no, 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 no. I don't even think it was that. I think it was um, that I mixed up. It, it told me that like the password was shared with another um, service. And so like, I think it's because maybe I crossed phones, you know, put two accounts. I, I should just have one Instagram account and make a bunch of pages. I made that mm -hmm. mistake. And, and actually, I didn't, I didn't uh, like this guy. I didn't know he was going to pay, um, you know, I thought... I thought, um, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't know, uh, but that doesn't excuse it. I should that was stupid of me. Trista, you're such a fucking stupid <laughs> cunt. Stupid bunt. <laughs> yeah, stupid bunt. <laughs> Red Dr. B, hey Dr. B, how you doing today, my love? Look, he's all, he's all shy. He's so sweet and shy. Isn't he? Yeah, it's, it's hot. It's like Jesus. <laughs> it's like Jesus staring up at you. You know? But doesn't he have the eyes of Jesus, maybe? I don't know. I've never seen Jesus. <laughs> if, uh... If I did... Well, we're all, um... We are, like we are all Jesus. I think he looks like Alfredo. <laughs> That's a good bumper sticker. Or a good painting concept. <laughs> and then, um... And then different ways to spell Jesus. Apparently it was... Wasn't it like... Yeah... Yeah, bar, yeah, right? Mm -hmm. What's that? Like, before the fucking Roman Empire came along and uh, just destroyed all the libraries and killed off the fucking bards and troubadours <laughs> and women who were, uh, you know, fucking good at plants. Made a home remedy, and they, and somebody has a grievance against her, so they 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 you know thousands. How many women died from that? I wonder. And we never talk about that, huh? We usually we usually die before. And we re like the ordinary person can realize that. You know, our our history has been stolen from us, or, or like they're depriving us of our history. They yeah. they know there's a um 
they know there's a, a uh, hall of records underneath the Sphinx and, and more. There's like nine levels and it was a generator. I want to time and, and Tesla was tapping into that free energy and they don't want us to know that because the fossil fuels are uh, you know they make remember like PBS in school remember it was always like um, sponsored by like petroleum Exxon or something mm -hmm. yeah they um... right so PBS was kind of you know it was in well, the sponsors, it was, and it's like history. Those ad, those commercials, that's like history. Yeah, but they're plans for us. The, 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 the good life, the, the technology, the, the special stuff is for them. It's for their, their offspring. And for the Vatican, the European royals, the corporate families, those people. It's for them. Going to Mars, it's for them. Oh, we're going to go. No, we're not going to go in space. We're <laughs> fucking slaves. We're going to stay here and burn one way or another or be, hmm. or be you know, what do you know? Blown away by a falling star or a nuclear war or God knows what. But uh, And this this is what... Well, the higher-ups go underground and waited out for a few years. They got the supplies. This is what, um, you know, I find shocking and infuriating, man. That That's the system that they have. And they've decided that, that we are not trustworthy, that... Uh, they, that man the is a beast that must a, be caged. The Vatican has a um, the biggest, of, the, the most access or the best observatory. They've captured it, so they know if there's an asteroid coming, they can just withhold of it course, from us. Of course, they can do whatever they want. They can deviate it by sending a Challenger type of a vehicle there to sit on it and uh, turn its engines on. It'll deviate enough degrees to uh, get mm -hmm. out of the way for the next few thousand years. They can uh, they can make it come here or or it can come here just let oh, them you know let what? it. You know who you look like? You look like Michael Tassarian. Michael Tassarian. Like that, uh, with your beard like that. He's like what like my favorite. Uh, uh, he's like the scholar expert on uh, and he's Irish. Uh, he's half Irish and his mom was like from Nepal. I think it was. So he's this. I've never seen anything like it. His, his scholarship, you know, he's been he's been studying our you, know, you could call all kinds of things like alternative history, our um, and our like pre and anti diluvial history and um, and uh, all these things that in occult history uh, or and you know the masons and the um, symbolism and the and the Illuminati kind of thing. Although he doesn't call them the Illuminati, but or no, maybe he does. And he has this awesome series called the Irish Origins of Civilization. Mm. <laughs> it was fucking mind blowing, man. It was like uh, like when the first time I saw uh, manufacturing consent. That should be part of, oh, yeah, I should send, uh, hey, just uh, to-do, as a to-do list, to-do, 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 send a note to Chomsky, I should type it up on that typewriter, I'm going to get that typewriter set up right there, and, and um, start writing people letters, like, is that an like old in the old days, 
not an old-fashioned, but it's, it's a conventional type. It's the kind writing. I was using in the early days of college or whatever, and it prints right out right there. Right, right. It's yeah, old, it's part it's, of the machine. It's a modern typewriter, but it's still the old-school format of putting mm -hmm. a page in and typing it out. Yeah, it's like an electric typewriter. It's electric. So it's yeah. like the culmination of the standard typewriter which hey, came out in the 1800s. You know what? I have this other one. It's this really cool old typewriter, old type. kind of like wow. naked lunch kind of typewriter. Yeah, nice. Um, you know, the tap, tapity tap kind. It's, oh, I like it's those. under there. Yeah, bring them. You want to help me um, set them up and refurbish? Because I want to use them. Yeah, um, let's see how the keys. Tap. I've got some, look, right there. I've got some, um, some tapes, you know, ribbon, I believe I've got. It's uh, old school ribbon, huh? Um, yeah. And. Uh, because as an artist, that's more impressive. Like, they they will actually hold it, you know, something that they will read. You know, so they probably have an assistant who handles all the mail. Um, it's a confirmation belt, by the way. <laughs> confirmation belt! Yeah, I'm belting it. Oh, I made a song this morning, Ben Mete. Oh, you, uh, yeah, it was uh, so-called Christian voters marching us to war with the Christ of Jesus going on before. And Christ's uh, almighty battles fought in Christian's name. For the life of Jesus shows he wouldn't do the same. <laughs> anyway. Fucking false idol worshippers marching us to war with the fucking everybody, Syrians and... Afghanis, the Iraqis, the uh, Puerto Ricans, the fucking everybody, fucking colonizer, step down and resign, because you're not worth the role of holding public office, and you're a fucking asshole, criminal, piece of shit. Well, your nails are long, Pika Wayne. <laughs> no, it was uh, it was much better before, and uh, yeah, that's. Oh, I I did I just did this podcast. It, um, I sent you the link to it, didn't I? The one about um music and uh, messages from extraterrestrials and music, and how uh. So many artists like Neil uh, Young and uh, Ozzy Osbourne and, and uh, John Lennon. You saw UFOs and they, uh, you know, they had all kinds of different contacts. And so, yeah, they were, uh, and also the, maybe their minds were, uh, uh, you know, they were tripping balls on acid, the awesome acid of the day. You know, we should try to get the exact recipe of, like, 
just to just to Keep see exactly lost. what just to what exactly what the hippies would have would have uh, uh, would have taken the because they figured yeah they, they had Bay. Timothy Leary from like fucking what Harvard or Yale or whatever. Um, you know how to make this. They got to be state of the art in the late seventies. It was just it was it was like the weed had come into like the Kush that we're smoking now. Uh-huh. They were pioneering it already in the late seventies. They already had it, and then they had this this concoction of LSD, which was the. It was like it was so nice. It yeah, was, and now the LSD, that is a bit or so-called LSD that is available if one tried to get it, hmm. would be um, like synthetic. Synthetic. It was a. Uh, it's the hippies oh, weren't taking I'm synthetic sorry. acid, dude. Or or were they? Well, to one extent. Well, no. It was like. Uh, I think it must have been like pure stuff, and I think we should. Maybe as a sorry gesture to the entire human race, like giving everybody like a tootsie roll size one of those. You know, like a sorry. You know, like man, the Roman Empire really. Fucked up civilization for two thousand over two thousand years, and uh, it, was, it was just uh, you know it's a turning point. Like, wait, uh, it's supposed to be this is this is supposed to be our evolution, and yeah, a lot of people are gonna fucking die of Trump virus, um, and <clears throat> a lot more will die unless we get rid of these fucking criminals. Who are running things? And maybe the enlightened ones among us are very, very small percentage. The majority of people are getting exactly what they want. They're giving the, the people what they want. They're giving them uh, boxing. They're giving, they're giving them sports. They're giving them two teams, uh, you know, uh, playing each other. They're giving them beer. The spectacle. They're giving them spectacles. Yeah. They're giving them uh, yeah, philosophy. You know, philosophy. Cable stuff. TV. They're giving them internet. Philosophy yeah. cafe. Yeah, they're giving the people what they want. People are, you know, that's what they want. And there's going to be a time when it's going to, it's going to be virtual reality. People are going to go into this virtual reality world where they're going to be worshipped by other virtual reality people, which won't exist, but they'll seem real, and we won't be able to differentiate between reality and the internet people. And we'll be uh, like gods in these virtual reality worlds. We'll be so addicted to it that we'll do anything to uh, to keep this going on. I think that's how they're gonna get everybody. <laughs> how did uh, have, have you ever heard Screamadelica? I did a whole. So, um, Ben Mate, you were. I think you were right when you said, "Yeah, that's that's him," because we did a did it an extensive search on this uh, this whole Johnny Depp thing. And actually, the uh, because my comment was negative towards the channel, it's like depicts depiction that he was furiously reacting to anything, you know, like um, the, it was clickbait. So the the channel like took it down. Like he couldn't see it on his phone. We could see it, so I can only, they ghosted me basically, they, so only I can see my comments, they hid my comments, right, so, 
um, because it was negative towards their channel. So um, and and so that explains why he would, you know, like kind of risking uh, being, uh, you know, being his champion. You know, he deserves a good champion. You know, of a of a wide side rather than a turkey. Or, uh, you know, I'm, I think it would be awesome just to, you know, like paint, paint with them and play music all together with them. We, you know, he wants, I haven't heard any of his music. I should, we should, we should listen, we should uh, do a, I should do, Trista, stop speaking for other people, telling people what to do, just, uh, Gotta keep yourself in line. <laughs> Get out of sight. Come on, Trista. Shut up. Are you gonna? People are gonna say you're cray cray. Yeah. So what? Who the fuck what? Those are um, Russian Trump trolls that are hired to scour the net and to tear new creators and and progressive minded and creative fucking free thinkers and artists and, uh, you know, anti-Trump artists and all like, cease and desist, by the way, uh, Kevin and DHS, but also other government censors, and we're going to overturn Patriot Act, everybody call Congress in 202-224-3121 and the White House, 202-456-1111, if you're tired of all the fucking, like, mass surveillance without, you know, a data, you know, you know, we need to break up the corporate media monopoly too. Uh, so tell your senators to to um, break up the fact that five corporations own all of our media. All of our media is owned by five corporations. Where's, where's the fucking antitrust uh, lawsuits? You know, why why do, are they allowed to corruption? Yeah, corruption, pay, right? Anti, anti, we need an, uh, an anti-corruption act. There are guards. Those guards are the ones that... Anti-corruption act. They That's keep a fucking great idea. Anti-corruption act. How did Fidel Castro get to the okay. Sierra Madre in Cuba? Like, like cops he paid the with guards. DV charges shouldn't be able to keep their job, let alone their gun. Let alone a gun, <laughs> No gun, yeah. no gun for uh, for DV, anybody else, you know, other than a cop. So the the end of you know, we have to reform the po fucking pocos, reform the effing pocos. Okay, all right, anti-corruption and um, um, get rid of the fucking electoral college. Holy shit. And um, no fucking campaign contribute, no money, money, uh, you know, no, no campaign contributions allowed, you know, ban, ban on fucking political funding, anybody's fucking political thing, no corporations, no, not even fucking individuals, because they're run, they're running on ideas. Anyway, that's a little bit too forward thinking for. Probably most Americans. So, Ben, maybe thank you for being. <laughs> you know, I can I could ramble and, and, uh, in front of you, and it, it's okay, man. You get it, dude. Right? 
Ban him, ban me to get it. It's simple. Yeah, I do get it. It's, it's simple. It's um, if if the majority thought like you, uh -huh. then the world would be a much much better yeah, place. But they don't, Krista. They don't. They're not like you. They're not like. They're not good people. They're no, not. No, no. They're not giving people. They're not people that are willing to take their the shirt they're off their backs to help people, man. others. Damaged. Yeah, they're damaged. Hurt people, hurt damaged people. people yeah. Hurt people, hurt people. Most people are like that. The majority, the majority is the one. You know, if you get the majority to go along, and the majority goes along with what they're doing. You Holy know? shit, is the duck in my bed? Look at the all ducks, the... Ducks have been, like, sneaking into my bed and, like, all the crapping on the fucking bedspreads. You know what a football fan is? You know what a football fan is? How's a duck? A football fan. Quack, quack. A football fan is really into the, you know... A real fanatic, football fan. They, they, they tailgate. They follow the team. They bet on it. They dress. They they buy the paraphernalia. They dress like them. That those people are pig skin worshippers, uh -huh. and they don't know it. But that's what it leads to to worshiping a pig skin. That's what the, the game is about. That's what they're after. That's what they're all after. The pig skin. So and they don't and the funny thing they don't even know it. They don't even know it. They don't even know it because it's on a level of consciousness they're too fucking stupid to even dream in their wildest dreams what they're really doing. That's what they're really doing. They're worshiping a pigskin. Imagine worshiping a pigskin. What the fuck? Well, that's what they're doing. You just like football nuts. Pigs. No, I was asking, uh, was asking Aboriginal people. Oh, I was uh, hanging out with this like artist. It's an artist, artistic area. Part of uh, Taiwan. In uh, Taidong, it's, that's the east part of
And she said, I love your music, man. Then that's your cue. You say, hey, just do a search on Google, on um, YouTube. Trista ampersands the edibles, all one words. We're so naive. They're doing this. They're doing all this thing. They're doing what? What They're do you mean? They're doing all this thing with the internet, letting people, you know, make so much money and allowing them to, you know, uh, have their own protect shows. themselves and have this and have that. And they'll be making so much money and stuff. And then one day they'll go and say, okay, well, now you're going to have to do this in order to buy and sell. Oh, it's uh, the way I see it. If I have the first instance of something, then I've invented something, and I, I feel good about that. I, lo I love publishing, and I love to see my name in print. You know, is it working for the newspaper? It's fucking rad. I love it. And, you know, like next to a, an article about, like, Green Island, diving on Green Island, or you know, Kim and... Yeah, I know. I keep finding that around here. It, yeah, it was like in... Uh, distills to the number three. Oh. Two, eight, nineteen thirty-seven. One and nine is ten. Three and seven is ten. Two and eight is ten. One, 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 three. Or ten, ten, oh. ten is thirty. What do you three know? Is three. What do you know? Distills to the three. I love that distilling. Distilling the numbers down to the skeletons. <laughs> to the more basic, you know. Because uh, Nikola Tesla said they were alive. They're much more than just mere representations. They're actually uh, alive. They're ghosts in the machine. And number nine is the captain. Number nine? You know, I had this impression that about the importance of nine nine people coming together here, like basically, uh, like it's kind of like that with that many people, um, you can you can save the world. Probably nine people, and maybe they can, you know, be remotely elsewhere around the other, around, you know, mm. the world. But you can trust them. It's so yeah. nice to have. Um, I'm. Uh, thank you, thank you, archangels. I got cat hair. For sending me some some more angels, uh, you know, because yeah, I needed some help. It's more. We need. We need more more help so yeah what's so there's that? like four of us five of us now well you have to five open of us a, another uh, channel now you have to go to another channel channel for what for facebook another facebook account yeah maybe i can just uh um get another phone and um start another one hopefully let me go check out my mom. If it, if I can't get back into this one, or you know, I think I should be able to get into it, but who knows? I, I I feel, and I think I'm justified in knowing that, uh -huh. you know, I'm being censored by many different directions. It's not just fucking Kevin at DHS. Go fuck yourself. Cease and desist. Hey, that rhymes. It's almost four. I'm gonna check out my mom. Dernage, uh, dernage, and later on, let's uh, let's set up the um, oh adapter man. Can you score us or what? Or uh, should we should we order one or?
you want me to uh... yeah you need a snark that's that's the, for the um, for your pedal for your pedal thing uh, let me see yeah you want to um, you uh, what's what's the expression you you fly and I'll buy <sighs> Lord help me <laughs> it's uh tip negative 350 milliamps 9 volt DC so a snark would be the best thing because snarks I believe they're 20 bucks 15 20 dollars I believe snark is uh, 500 milliamps this calls for 350 so that's enough I think that's the least expensive that's uh, reliable because you can buy some crap can you just google that no please? you can buy some can crap I, can I google that yeah, I don't want to touch your on your phone. Your personal, yeah, I will. I'll do it on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. I want to go to the ninety-nine cent store before. Yeah, it's, that's uh, awesome. Uh, do you need um, something? Do you yeah, something? yeah. If you could see if they, uh, you know, look carefully so you don't overlook them, but sometimes, often they have um, um, fake crab. Imitation crab meat. Okay, can of that. Like no, no, it's not a can. It's uh, it's in the It's in the. All in the freezer. Yeah, it's in the freezer and. I hate um, to get cold stuff because by the but time But it's not. It's not that cold. Oh <laughs> yeah, you're on a bicycle. Yeah, I forgot. Bike, yeah. That's why you need an e-bike, man. Uh, yeah, an e-bike would be. I'd I'd love to. Uh, I want to get out. I want to take out a Mastercard because they're they're offering me all the time. You've been pre-approved. You've been pre-approved. You know, mm -hmm. so uh, I think I don't know. I get like a twenty-five hundred dollar credit or something like that, or two thousand dollar credit or something like that. Fifteen hundred at least, and I'll just put it on there. I don't know. Um, something that's really really good. Notice human capital. The Truman Show delusion. New Yorker. I'm looking up the expression uh, reverse Truman Show because that's what I feel like my podcast is. So I was thinking I'm doing research to figure Truman it out. Yeah. Uh, calling it the reverse Truman Show. Mm. But Let me go check on my mother. Today is to the reverse. This is on Notice Human Capital. It does a Polaroid picture. Every do. What? Hey, you have a purse over here. You know that? Which one? I don't know. Um, yeah, you can floor? hand that to me. Uh, it was on the floor. I don't know. It fell down there at one point. It's not a purse. Yeah, 
picture Groundhog Day. Wait, I'm gonna pause. Okay, what does a Polaroid picture Groundhog Day, Homer Simpson, and the Truman Show have in common? This video is part of the Notice Human Capital Emotional Intelligence Program. What the hell is that mean? <laughs> Subscribe. What does that mean? Sounds intriguing. What does that mean? Human capital. That's like a job application for whatever it is. It's like a think tank or something. I don't know. That's like advertising a think tank. I don't know. like two old dudes on a couch one is you you're the young guy and the future you is on the right the same size just a little gray nothing that a sharpie couldn't do to fix you. To fix you. Maybe I should um, my show just for Johnny Depp from now on. Hey, um, if anybody wants to be on my show, one chance, uh, you can contact me at Trista for the number POTUS at protonmail.com and that's a free plug for protonmail by the way which is encrypted email anyway I've had enough of analyzing freaking um, by the way he looks very handsome No, you can. Okay. Holy shit. I think I will explore their programs with two ends. Learn more. Holy fuck. Quest info. Oh, that's awesome. And buy them. Basically, some awesome work. You know, turn that into a podcast. I'm just gonna podcast whatever I'm doing. Like I'm gonna get like a paralegal certificates.
Okay. Basically, um, in economics, economics and management, finance, okay, mathematics and economics, data science, management, business and management. So I like business because business is more practical, hands-on. Because I'm gonna be making lots of money. I'm gonna make like a hundred thousand this year, maybe. What well, we, me, and my, my money maker, yo, my money maker, a bachelor. So I would say business and management. Okay. Um. Let's see. Next step. Do something like international. Okay. Yeah, I can get academic credit for what I'm doing, going to do in real life. Which is, um, you know, um, it'll help me actually apply for a business uh, license. As I go through it, this will help. This will help me um, find the right words, for example, for. And for international trade as well, um, I'm going to be involved in international trade with Taiwan. Okay. When you consider starting your program, um, it's available start date. Hmm. I would say three to six months. Where's my academic background? Um, postgraduate. Uh, what is my age? Forty-six plus. But looking freaking great. Better than thirty-year-olds or twenty. Twenty. No, a lot of twenty-year-olds in this town. I got more going for me than the majority. Oh, heifers in this town, yeah. Um, okay. Okay, the please email me about these educational programs. Personal data, submit. Okay, that'd be pretty cool. That's what a hard odd one do. Get a paralegal. Um, eventually I'm going to get a law degree and medical degree and become a, a specialized nutritionist, world famous nutritionist and artist. Okay. Musician, cunning linguist, haha. So happy, make you so happy. Thank you for requesting information. Your prospectus is on the way. We encourage you to start the application process. Oh, really? Man, do I have to do this now? Okay, do something legendary. Just, uh, okay. You have an account, so I don't. Hmm. 
right. Oh no. Crumb of says okay, whatever, yeah. Except all cookies, so I don't have to deal with that password again. Okay, this is your dedicated application space. All of your progress will be saved automatically as you go, making it easy for you to access an update. It is needed. You can return to your applications, make changes to sections that have been saved, to begin work on new sections. Okay, password saved. No, that's great. Okay. Alright, um, I'll just leave this for later. Anyway, that's pretty business and management from LSE. <laughs> Doesn't my friend be? Friend Tyler would be impressed. He's got an LSE um, degree. He's got an LSE degree. And fantastic abs. No, just kidding. <laughs> No, that wasn't nice, just anyway. They're, they're nice, they're juicy, don't get me wrong, but yeah, nice brotherly vibe.